Hey book friends, this is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up, so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation or maybe spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 10. Oh boy, we may have some dog craziness coming at us in just a second. Five, four, three, two, one. Yes, hello. <laughs> oh, they're practically guests. I know. Anyway, we should ask them their opinion on the books next time. I mean, Pixie's telling us right now. She's what yeah. you use of your book. Ouch. <laughs> I think it you're projecting. It could be. You're right. You're I don't right. know what the bark stands for. This is true. So, let's see here. This was my genre pick. Yep. And this is my book pick. Yep. So, today we're talking about The Dry Which by Jane Harper. police procedural. Another police procedural. Detective, mystery, whodunit sort thing. Yeah. But I guess before we get there, how's life? It's good. <laughs> Did you do anything fun this weekend? No. <laughs> <laughs> Slept a lot? I've been sleeping a lot too. I've been sleeping like ten hours a night. Yeah, it's I yeah. But I just, it's but the daylight's starting to tip into more than twelve hours of daylight. I know, it's so nice, although it's confusing me because I start cooking dinner at like seven o'clock at night because <laughs> it's dark. Yeah. Or it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's dark. <coughs> I'm used to cooking when it's dark out because of the mm-hmm. winter time. And so it's like 7 p.m. and I start cooking. I'm like, oh, shit, it's already 7 p.m. I'm going to go to bed in an hour. <laughs> yep. How are you doing? <coughs> well, other than I can't quite kick this cough. A bit, I was really sick for like two weeks in February. Right around the time of Snowmageddon. That was like week two, actually, for me. Mm-hmm. And... Um, this is how it always happens to me. I'm stuck with like this little tickle at the bottom of the base, like right here, mm. right there. You should get some fireball. Fireball? Yeah. It's a cinnamon whiskey. <laughs> Just kill it. <laughs> Just kill it. Woo. I almost did whiskey chives like for us. It's so good. <laughs> whiskey chives. Maybe I'll do that next time. Get a little frisky. Yeah. Then we'll get sugared up and uh, liquored well, no, up. What we do is we get something savory. Uh, we can make something savory. I'll make something savory next time. Okay. And I'll make whiskey chives. Yeah. Okay. And then it'll be a good balance. Like maybe I'll make bread. Ooh. I can yeah. bring you some of over, over the famous bread. Yeah. And we can eat the bread so that the whiskey chai can then absorb into the bread. So, so then I can wasted. drive home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't make them super strong, but but you don't drink a lot. I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm right. So what are we eating and drinking today? So today I brought over two completely different flavors because (laughs) I feel like we change who does the tea every single time. We do? Yeah. Usually when you bake, I bring the tea. And when I bake, you bring the tea. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was you bake and bring the tea for the book that you didn't pick. No, I don't think that's right. I think oh, we okay. were doing something funky funk. But anyway. We can touch base after we're done so, recording and talk about fine. logistics. I'll always have a bag of tea in my purse. It doesn't matter. So we're drinking okay. some Plum Deluxe Nana's Peach Tea that is 
not technically iced because we don't have ice, but it's cold because it's been in the freezer. Thanks, Robert. So it's like a nice little iced tea and it's really delicious. It's peachy, which I always like in a tea. Yeah, it's and it's not very dark, so you don't need to add milk to it. It's like the perfect iced tea. It has a little bit of a vanilla in it, mm-hmm. vanilla-y. I like it. Yeah. It's but I do like a peach. Well, I just like peach in general. Like yeah. peach everything. Peach teas Give are Give me peach. Yeah. You know. And then... I decided to try a new recipe today, similar to Corey uh, last time, and I made vegan four-ingredient lemon macarons. They're tasty. A little dry around the edges, but dry the dry on the edge, but chewy on the inside. Yeah, I dug out the middle part, and I was like, <laughs> so I think <laughs> so. It might be a personal preference too. Like, I feel like I've had macaroons of that texture before, like from the store. So I think yeah. it kind of nailed that macaroon. I think it was just. The, like, oil, the most of the moisture came from coconut oil, which mm-hmm. essentially dries anything out when you bake it. Right. And then the only sort of sweetener it had was maple syrup. Mm. But maybe it wasn't enough maple syrup, or maybe I needed to pull it out quicker. But the recipe was, like, 16 to 20 minutes, and I was like, mm, okay. So I, like, looked at 10 minutes. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, they're starting to, like, brown a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I looked four or five minutes later, and the, like, bottom's got a ring around them mm-hmm. of brown. Which I think they're supposed to for macaroons, right? I don't know. Like, they were white. <coughs> it was like, here's the macaroon, and then oh, it was okay. like this, because the oil, I think, was melting mm, and pulling it apart, right. so. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. and I was saying, I couldn't find it before we started recording, but um, I, I won't this time spend all this time searching for it. But I have a really good vegan macaroon recipe that I'll pass on to Kiri that you, the base is coconut milk because of the traditional coconut macaroon is, um, <laughs> is condensed milk. So you can like cook down coconut milk. And so it's extra coconutty, but it has that like rich creaminess. I'm laughing because Kiri just found my, um, you can play with it if you want. Can I take it out? Yeah. So we, at the bookstore, we sell this, what's it called? It's called, um, thinking putty and, um, it's on all sorts of wackadoodle colors. There's like a unicorn one. So this one is snowflake. So it's like, clear-ish with like all sorts of sparkles in it this is gonna be too much information but i totally <laughs> never mind I'm not, i'll tell you offline okay yes I, I i i can see many ways that you're going with this and we're just not gonna go there it's uh, so cool it's like the galaxy oh we have one called the galaxy oh really yeah you should come to the store and i'll show them to you we have one that's like purple and green it's called like the scarab and it's like all shimmery it's and like there's one called glass and it's literally see-through and when it's like just sitting in the thing like it's clear and you can see all the way through it that's and cool yeah this is amazing yeah thinking putty is pretty fun do you just sit here you know i i'm, I'm probably going to take it to work as a fidget for students but or maybe i'll leave it here for you to fidget with although you might get distracted and while we're trying to talk Rainbow. to you <laughs> I'm like, Kira, get it together. Pay attention. No more well, thinking. This is putty. supposed to help you think, right? Right. Because it's like the whole yeah. you're doing something with your hands so you can pay attention. This is amazing. I <laughs> want this in my life always. Note to self, next time I want to get Kira a gift, <laughs> she would love some shimmery thinking putty. It's just so pretty. <laughs> yeah anyway, it is pre- no I it is pretty very, like distracted when i saw thinking putty yeah and i was like what is that yeah and then i opened it and it was rainbow <laughs> anyway sorry yeah no 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 so there you go 
If anyone's looking for something fun, thinking putty. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. The heat, yeah, the, there's some, there's the ones that respond to like uh, fluorescent lights. I mean, there's like 20 different varieties. It's, it's redonkulous. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. Anywho. So, <laughs> where were we? So, let's, we acted that. Let's see. Let's check off the list. We've asked about lives. Yep. We talked about tea and cookies. Tea oh, and you cookies. Were talking about how you were trying to find me the vegan Oh, yeah. I will. I'll look for it later. I'd be curious to see what you think of it. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. Why did I pick the dry by Jane Harper? I figured that was a good place to start. But yes, why? Why did you do it, Lori? <gasps> because it's been on my list to read for a million years. Was it worth it? I've liked it. It's one of those books that I always would hear. It's been out for maybe two years, two or three years, probably at least three, because she's written two more books since then. Um, but but I, it's one of those books that comes up regularly as like a really amazing like mystery, and I like a good mystery. And the main character is a policeman, so I was like, it meets the police procedural criteria. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I Loosely. police procedural to uh-huh. try and figure out this book selection. Uh huh. And it didn't tell me anything. Yeah. Google doesn't know. Well, anyways, um, so yeah, I liked it. I I thought it was an interesting book to read in the winter time. By the time we share this, it's probably going to be summer, spring, yeah. summer. But I read this like a million, like not a million years ago. That's an exaggeration. A million years ago. A million trillion years ago. the earth, Corey Cusker was <laughs> reading The Drive by Jane Harper but I, in a futuristic... Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> We're a little slap happy. Um, but I probably did read it in January when it was like cold and dark. Oh, yeah. I think I read it in January. And because... Man, that description of how flippin' hot it was. So this is the Australian desert is the setting. Mm-hmm. And that this is one of those books where I would say that the setting was almost a secondary character. Yeah. Um, to me, one of the things I liked about the book is it had a really strong sense of place. Yeah. Uh, like you felt like you were like, even again, here it was like probably 30 degrees outside. And I was like starting to sweat a little bit as I was like reading about how mm-hmm. hot it was. Yeah. <laughs> because it just sounded so freaking uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, um, I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. No. Um, but I, I had like this really good sense of like, you know, and they were experiencing this major drought mm-hmm. and the heat and the fear of fire, which was something that we certainly could relate yeah. to. Um, with summer fires and all of that. And so I, I really felt like I was in Australia with them along the journey. I'm going to be in Australia with them. Whatever. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote down, and of course I don't have the book now, but I put that the prologue was on point because it was intense, mysterious, and creepy. Like it was one of those books that just like pulled you in immediately, I yeah. thought. Because you're like what's going to happen there was a lot happening there were so many different storylines which i liked yeah i liked that because you were almost it was almost like two murders for the price of one well it was like four murders for the price of one okay well we have the murder of the family but then the girl from many moons ago right that drove the other dude out jeez i should have wrote their names down so that's all is that his name yeah good job how'd you know that Oh, you just... Because I just read a brief synopsis. That's right. Because we read this a million years ago. Yeah. So, I thought that... <laughs> <laughs> um, and it had all these different point of views, which I thought was really fascinating. So, I don't... Did you pick up on that? You have, like, this omniscient kind of um, bits that were in italics. 
and that was helped you piece together past events with the present. So, like, especially when they were talking about oh, the murder yeah. of the girl, mm-hmm. those were in italics. Lily? Lily, that sounds right. Yeah. So you have, like, this omniscient point of view, and then it would switch to the murderer's point of view, and you're like, who are you? It was just, it was really well written. I don't even remember who the murderer was. You don't remember? Really? There's, like, too much happening in this <laughs> too book. Too much. <laughs> I loved that. I was like, was there's like, so much to try and figure out. Well. It was, are we going to spoil this? Okay, we're going to say who the murderer was. So It was the dude, right? The angry guy from the other farm. No. It was not. Okay, so. Disclaimer. Pa- pause right now if you want to read the dry and you have not. 12 for- minutes and 30 Four seconds. So give us like 10 seconds. Okay, go. So the murderer of the family was the crazy teacher with the gambling problem. Oh, that's right. And the murderer of Lily was her crazy brother and an uncle or whoever, whoever the crazy people on the adjoining farm. They oh, did yeah, murder yeah. her. They drowned her. Yeah. That's okay. why her backpack was, because remember he finds the backpack. Yeah. She okay. was getting ready to run away right. and they caught her right. and they killed her. Okay. Okay. Okay, welcome back, listeners. <laughs> it is now 12, yeah. 13 minutes and seven seconds. But we didn't find out either of those things until pretty the much very, the very end. And I don't think, and we as readers were the only ones that actually knew what happened to Lily. I didn't even suspect that one guy. Right? I know. It was great because you got to the end and you're like, holy heck. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, there was a few weird little signs. Like she, she, I mean, she threw a few crumbs out there. No. I mean, I had no idea, but it definitely, there was a couple of tiny crumbs. I mean, it made sense for Lily. Right. Like we kind of suspected that must have been what happened. Right. But even then, you know, because you're like, well, was it the, the best friend who got murdered? Right. You know, he's dead now, so he can't speak for himself. Right. And we don't think it's the main guy, Aaron, but, you know, I right. mean. everybody thinks it's him. So you're like, should we think it's him? Right. So, so yeah. There was a lot of <laughs> false starts about right. who the murderer was going to be for any of these people. People. Which to me is a good is a sign of a good mystery when there's a lot of red herrings that kind of lead you down a path and then kind of like tell you nope not that one, and so then you're like okay well who is it now? Like I like that in a mystery to it's me like picking a number out of a hat, right? Like yeah, and you're like or maybe it's like playing bingo. Like I don't know. But, I haven't played bingo in a long time. But I just I, for me when I'm reading like, to me that's a sign of a good mystery. I mean it kind of reminds me of like Agatha Christie. Like mm. she's like the queen of that, right? She is. Not so. So you're like, ooh, it's so and so. Nope. We read the Agatha Christie book, and then there were none. Uh huh. And that was just like a yeah. These people are dying, and I have no idea who's murdering them. Well, and that's also because you didn't. End, re- and... Well, and that's because you didn't read the end. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. That's probably my favorite moment ever. <laughs> but oh shit. Um. So yeah, I really liked that um you had these different points of view that kind of gave you different perspectives but it still didn't really enlighten you either like it gave you little snapshots right. and it progressed the story forward yeah but it wasn't and then it kind of like really took off at the end like it was started going really know, fast yeah. and you're like whoa well i think it ran into like the whole i'm running out of time to wrap this shit up <laughs> when books like take 250 pages to give you the backstory and then the last 50 pages are like wrapping everything up i'm like you should have timed that better Eh. like there were some things we didn't need to have like a full chapter about 
But see, but again, I think I, for me, this pulls in a lot of the things I like. So I, I made a note here. We were just talking about this in the last one. Um, I really like Louise Penny's Three Pines Inspector Gamache series. Mm-hmm. And so much of that is really about sense of place and like being immersed in this small town life and the people that live there. Like half of it doesn't even have to do with the murders, but because it's a series and it's these characters and you become friends with them. Right. <clears throat> so you have this murder going on aside where you're just kind of hanging out with these people. And I felt like that's what she was doing here as well. It's like you were getting, you were kind of immersed in this small town life with all the hidden bits and the problems. Right. And, and then you were also like trying to figure out what the heck was happened to these, this family who was so brutally murdered. And then I think, I think she picked that pacing on purpose. I think she picked it to create that like sense of urgency and the to, adrenaline. and the adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I don't think she was trying to, she was like, Oh crap, I've written too long. I need to wrap right. things up. I think, you know, she was moving you along and you're like, I don't know where this is going. And then right. all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. And, yeah. and then it all kind of was like, and you were like, Wow, that was a ride. Did you read the second one? Not yet. The Force of Nature? I'd like to. I think with that one, it's kind of set in the same area, and it might have the same detective. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of where I said it was a stretch as a police procedural, but he was a policeman kind of doing informal work on this murder. Right. So um, I think that's what I, you know, Actually, that was one of my questions from last time that I don't think we got to. So maybe I'll ask you that and we can play around with that. But why do you think we as a society are so obsessed with... Because if you think about... Let me back up. So if you think about TV, movie, books, the idea of like investigating crimes, whether it's true crimes or fake crimes, like we're kind of obsessed with it. Like Think about all the shows. Like How many spinoffs of Law & Order have there been? I don't know. I don't have television. Like a million. Oh, okay. I watch Grey's Anatomy. Criminal Minds. Like all of... uh, Even even Miami Vice. Like you think about any like police cop show. Like think of all the different types of police cop shows that have been for... Or movies. Or movies. Where it's all about police solving. Like you get that like inside little perspective to how they solve this crime. So why do you think we are so obsessed with that? Dexter. I mean, there's a million different options. I mean, like if you want to like follow along with police solving murders or crimes, you have such an array of a pretty much any type of media that you want. Well, <laughs> tell me, Kiri, tell me all your thoughts and dreams. Um, I would say the majority of us leave boring lives. Okay. Finding out who done it. <laughs> Is fascinating. True. The majority of us will never be police detectives. No. <laughs> I think those are the top three reasons. <laughs> well, I guess I think about it, too. The part of why I'm asking the question is, you know, I work with all these college students. And if I had a dollar for every single one that was, like, obsessed with criminal minds and wants to be an FBI profi- profiler, I could retire tomorrow. Right. But I was like that when I was 18, too. I wanted to be... Wait for it. <laughs> oh, I am waiting for this. What those. is it called? <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> so when I was 18, I wanted to be... Nope, that's not the word. I wanted to be... 
wanted to be the, the doctor that did autopsies and figured out who died, how they died. I think that's just... A pathologist? Yes. Is that the word? I think... I was going to say mortician, but that's not right. That's what deals with dead people when they go into the coffin or Right. I feel like the pathologist is someone who... They explore the body, yeah? Right, I guess... pathologist. Okay, I was going to say, I I think there... Yeah, I think there's different branches of pathology. Because it's also the person, like, if you get, like, a biopsy, like, a pathologist will look at your... Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. A forensic pathologist. A forensic path. Yeah. That st- it focuses on determining the cause of death by examining a corpse. <coughs> I wanted to do that because one, you don't have to talk to living people. But you have to deal with dead bodies. I know, but that's cool. I like. I made my doctor take pictures of my insides during my surgery because I find it fascinating. Ew. I have a picture of my ovary. I have a picture of my fallopian tube before they removed it. I have a picture of my liver. Ew. It's so cool. I mean, but on the flip side, like, I also like, I mean, I guess it's also that thing where I'm fascinated that I have all these different students. And I'm probably exaggerating, but I feel like every other one wants to do something forensic related because they watch Criminal right, minds. Then they're going to take biology 180 and then they're going to fail it. And they're going to be like, oh, right, I'm not made up for science, which is essentially what happened to me, which is why I became an English major. <laughs> it's the complete opposite of criminal pathology. Welcome to 80% of my students. Um, <laughs> yes, that's... I'm just saying. Like, no, you're I right. Like that yeah, yeah. Like, I want to become a criminal pathologist and I just get to work on dead people all day. Nobody gets to sass me or talk to me. Get to listen to music and cut up dead people. Mm. Sounded really cool. You and I took a science class. You're like a real life Bones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you ever watch that show? I did when it before first came out. Like before it jumped the shark. 2000 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 That's You'd be a great Bones. Oh, thanks. With my sparkle glasses. Yeah. And you're kind of like a little bit awkward and you don't like to talk to people. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of have the same haircut. And I know. You're both pretty. Hair. What? Yeah. Anyway. So I don't know. I mean, I think... I think that's why I picked this particular genre and maybe I should have been a little broader in how I defined it, which I think is what we ended up doing. But I think there's something about this weird fascination with how do people solve crimes? Right. I don't think a lot of our brains work that way. It's like house, like Mm. similar concept, but medically, like he's trying to figure out what's wrong and his brain can figure out the symptoms and how it correlates. I think it's sometimes a level of intelligence. Like, yeah, there are people that have those sorts of memories that can take. Well, I think it's also like, like the Sherlock. Lo- right. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I, yeah, I don't know if it's intelligence, but like logical ability sometimes too, which can be associated with intelligence. But I'm thinking like, like the Mensa puzzles and things like that. Like I'm like, I don't think I'm a stupid person, but you give me a puzzle and I'm like, Oh my God so stupid i know every time chris does a geocaching puzzle i'm like what the hell does this even mean so yeah i mean so i I think you're right it is something with there's a a a small percentage population of people whose brain is good at making those leaps and conclusions from disparate pieces of information yeah my brain doesn't work that way i know mine doesn't either like even as a if a book or movie or tv show pieces it together half the time i'm still at the end going how did you figure that out? Right. Which is maybe why I like that stuff. But the way my brain works is that it goes, I have a toothache. That means I have a brain aneurysm. <laughs> so I'm the complete opposite of what it takes to be a detective. Because mm. my 
line of logic is <laughs> you just don't it's scary it, it's, yeah it's just goes from there's this one little thing to everybody's gonna die mm. mm-hmm. which is probably why it's good that i did not become a criminal pathologist because i'd probably just become a huge hypochondriac yeah <laughs> true life this is true, true life. life i know i know i was looking at my notes to see if there's anything else well, um, it's kind of like stiff did you read that book yeah yeah yep and piecing that all together right yeah like that's so fascinating but again like i would never want to do that right <laughs> i have no interest in dead bodies period End have of story. you seen the human body exhibit mm, oh, no God, it's so cool Ugh. it is crazy nope no interest None whatsoever. Zethro. It's so cool. <laughs> I saw that when I was 13. I think that's what started me wanting to be a criminal pathologist. Of I like, see. Ooh. Mm. And then there was an exhibit and there was a guy. They had like set him up sitting down playing checkers. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember this because his testicles were hanging down to the ground because they didn't have the skin to keep them uptight. That is how long the tendons are of the testicles is that they were like almost to the ground without the, the skin that sucks them up. Ew. I'll always remember. Wow. Cause he was playing checkers and his testicles were almost on the ground. You think they could have rearranged his testicles a little bit I better. I think they wanted to do it like that on purpose because the whole thing was like, you remove the skin and this is what the, everything looks like. Huh. So they had like a pregnant lady there, which was really sad because she had like, died and her baby was still inside her and oh. so you could see everything but then there was like a horse there was a horse and then there was a man riding that horse and they were both skinless and I was like holy shit this horse is gigantic <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man oh. okay we'll stop talking about crazy dead bodies crazy <laughs> <laughs> so you're sending it into the red zone um. <laughs> <laughs> wow anyway, okay so now that Curie has horrified the heck out of me <laughs> um, and then I saw the butterfly exhibit so it was like life and death it's the circle of life <laughs> <laughs> yeah seen zero interest in anything like that yeah but that's I thought it was cool good well I'm glad you enjoyed yourself yeah <gasps> um so what did you think of the book like, what did you rate it? Or what will you rate it? I think I rated it a three. So it was okay for so you. So it was okay. What was it missing that would have made you push it to a four? I'm just kind of curious. Mm, I think it was missing... I don't know. I just felt like it was a little weird. <laughs> and I don't know how to explain it. It okay. almost felt like there was too much drama happening mm-hmm. to really be like real. But maybe it's real for like that sort of country 200 population town in the desert of Australia. But like them covering his car with shit and just like running him out and people being mean like. But that feels like small town life to me. Like, but like, have you ever heard that happening in real life? Maybe not specifically the car incident, but I think that I think this was a really good 
snapshot into the reality of human nature, especially in small towns. Yeah. I mean, I think also there was some incentives for those people that were trying to get rid of him because they were afraid he was going to figure out what happened. So Right. Yeah. I mean, the culprits that were essentially torturing him while he was there were the murderers. Right. Yeah. So there's that. I don't know. It just seemed like... It just wasn't fast-paced enough for you? It wasn't relatable. Nothing mm. about that book was relatable to where I could be like, oh, yeah, I know that feeling. Or, oh, I've had that experience before. Hmm. Like, it was so out there to me that I couldn't bring anything personal to it or personal experience. Okay. You know, like, yeah, no, the... I mean, Flagstaff, when I was here growing up, it was like 30,000 people, which is not super small, but it was a relatively small town. Mm-hmm. And, like, people were mean or whatever, but, like, my friends, n- none of my friends got murdered here. Like, nothing tragic like that ever happened where it was like a police report like a lot of friends killed themselves but that's their own doing so I don't really put it in the same category as like getting drowned or having somebody chop off your head in the middle of nowhere Mm -hmm. so it was just not something that I could relate to and if I can't relate to it I find it sometimes challenging Mm. okay but with the exception of like when I read a magical book that's filled with magic, <laughs> I can't really relate to that. I know. I was like, okay, but tell me it's more. Interesting. Okay. Like, because with magic, you already know that it's going to be like make believe, and mm-hmm. you know that you're never going to relate to it with mm-hmm. small town living or relationship dynamics or police investigation. That is a little bit more obtainable in real life. Okay. But it just didn't connect for me. Okay. So it was like a realistic story, but didn't have, I didn't have any experience with it. Okay. Okay. Like a magic book. I know that it's magic and it's a fake, (laughs) but that's what I walk into knowing that. Like, I know that I'm not going to ever conjure fire with my hands (laughs) or know anybody that can do that because it's kind of... It's already listed as super fiction and mystical and magical, while this is kind of like, police may actually mm-hmm. deal with this stuff, but it's not realistic to me because I've never had that experience. Hmm. But I guess it doesn't make sense anyway, because there's lots of books that I've read that I don't have the experiences of, but I still like. But it, I feel like some of them always have some, at least one thing mm-hmm. that I can attach to that I'm like... Oh, I I felt that way before. Oh, Mm -hmm. I've had that sort of relationship. I see. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you just didn't find the characters or the setting particularly relatable. Yeah. Okay. Knowing that, like, this Mm -hmm. could have easily been a true story or something. Uh Uh-huh. Like, with that caveat, because, like, magic books, I can't... relate to the magic part but maybe there's a relationship i can relate mm-hmm. to or I mean, a... just like a character or something yeah like okay yeah okay. but i mean it wasn't horrible i didn't rate it as low yeah as I did mine. <laughs> and it was definitely like a page turner of trying to figure out who actually did it because i was uh-huh. getting so confused at who was doing right. it like it like a... seemed suspicious mm-hmm. and i was like well, I mean, you you lied and you said you were with your friend and mm-hmm. he's lying for you. And what the hell is happening? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, I guess, huh. I guess that's where we must diverge because I don't necessarily feel like I need to connect to the characters or the setting. Actually, that was my other question is, do you ever feel like you get transported to a different place when you're reading a book? Oh, yeah. But it's only mm-hmm. if I have that connection. Okay. 
Yeah. So for me, again, I said at the beginning, like to me, that's even the atmosphere, like, like I felt immersed in the small town drama, like Mm. even though it wasn't drama that I could relate to or drop my drama, just kind of, it was enough. It was intriguing enough to me between the heat and the mysteriousness of different people's behaviors and trying to figure out who did what. Right. That, um, even though I didn't necessarily relate maybe to the situation, I was, I was definitely immersed in what was going on. I could definitely like see the areas. Like I could (laughs) see that back road Uh that that dude was driving on. I could see the bar with his car covered in shit. Like I could see the school in the Mm -hmm. middle of nowhere. Like I could imagine it in my head Uh because the details were good enough to be able to do that. But I didn't ever feel like I was there with them. It just kind of felt like, I was a drone hmm. hovering around taking pictures of the area. Okay. Huh. My Interesting. voice, I think, is getting a little yeah. scraggly. Me too. <laughs> We're about the but, allergies. Um, um. Yeah. I think I think I just need at least one character to be relatable. Okay. And that makes a huge difference. Sure. Okay. And Aaron was he was like a sweet man and he wanted to do the right thing. It just seemed like I couldn't relate to him. I couldn't relate to yeah. anybody. Well, you know, but I mean, I, that's interesting you say that, because I think in some ways that was how the characters were crafted. They, they weren't particularly relatable. Right, like they were, they were all they were all kind of standoffish. And I mean, he I don't think really just based on my memory of like him t- even talking about his life back in the big city. You know, he didn't really have much. Right. Like his dad was dead. His family was dead. He wasn't married. Yeah. Um, he didn't seem to have a lot of friends. So he was kind of a standoffish, distant guy from, right. like, s- step one. Mm-hmm. He didn't really give you a lot of him personally. Like, like there wasn't a lot of... He didn't reveal... He The author didn't reveal much of who he really was. Right. Like, give you little tiny bits. But sometimes, you know, you really get to know the character. And yeah. really, with all of them, like, you just got enough to kind of... Like them or hate them. And understand where they were coming from. But she didn't really do a deep dive. Like, she kind of kept everything very surface with all the characters. But yet, not in a way that made it seem like you couldn't get to... I mean, you know, it's like like if you go to a party and you meet someone and you talk to them for a while. And maybe you go to another party and you see them again. Right. Like how we met. Right. But we went kind of beyond that. But, you know, sometimes you meet the same people again and again at parties and you know enough about them to have a conversation, mm-hmm. but you don't really know them. I know. So there's this cute white dog in our neighborhood and her <laughs> name is Yoshimi and her and Chester are I think I know that girlfriend. dog. It's like a white terrier shaggy dog. I think I know that. Yeah. She's like Coco size. Yeah. Um, and I think the owner runs cosmic bikes, mm. but I don't know their names. Like yeah. him and his partner. Mm-hmm. I know Yoshimi's name. Yeah. And so they, uh, the last time Chris and I saw them on a walk, we were like, we should have you over for dinner one night. And then I was like, do we even know their freaking names? But we see them almost oh. every day on a walk and right. I know Yoshimi's name. Uh-huh. And now I'm like, well, maybe we could like be friends with them, but we have to figure out their names. <laughs> And I can't, right. like, Facebook find them because I'm just like, Yoshimi is the only name I know. I think anyway. Yoshimi's been in the bookstore. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Because I I, I, met a, I definitely met a dog named Yoshimi because we had a conversation. I think they're from, like, um, well, wherever Flaming Lips is from. Oklahoma City. Oh, okay. They live in our neighborhood. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know their names. And I, <laughs> th I think the man owns Cosmic Bicycles. Well, you could probably look up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the owner of Cosmic Bikes. Yeah. <laughs> and just go, Yoshimi! Yoshimi! Yoshimi Yo! <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, she definitely kept everything surface level to where you couldn't attach to any of the characters, really. Mm -hmm. Did you feel yourself, were you attached to what the outcome was going to be? Well, that's a hard... I mean, yes, and that I wanted to know what happened. Um, I mean, I think that was one of those things where, again, it was kind of... Like, that was one of the things with the book that I thought was interesting is is on the surface, this seemed like, you know, you, I don't want to say a perfect little town, but it had kind of the seamy underside, right. right? Like all these, like all these characters had these facets, like some of these characters, you did discover facets of them at the end where you're like, whoa, Nelly, Right. <laughs> you were not uh, the upstanding person that you led us to believe from right. the beginning. So that there was that piece, I think. So I think that they all, a lot of the characters that we met in this book, I think, had two different sides to them. Yeah. Like their, their outward-facing public persona, mm -hmm. and then the little bits of the private persona that was given to us. Right. That was very different. Want to come see me? <laughs> so. <laughs> so I liked it a lot. I mean, I think um, if you're looking for a... Paige Turner style, James Patterson, whodunit type mm -hmm. of dealio. This is not it. If you're looking for something that's a little more atmospheric, strong sense of place, really kind of pulls you into the complexities of small town life. Right. With a healthy dose of murder and mystery on the side. Yeah. <laughs> then it's a good book. This is a complete opposite of James Patterson. Pretty much. Yeah. But again, if you're a Louise Penny fan, I think this would be perfect for you. I think anyone who likes Louise Penny would like this. So, so I give it a solid four stars. I thought it was interesting, entertaining. I was invested in the outcomes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. That's where I'm at with it. Coco's ears are intense. I know. She has the biggest ears ever. She sure does. She sure does. She's sitting on my lap. <laughs> I've been staring lovingly into her eyes. Yeah. She's good at that. She has that soulful thing where she just I looks know. at you and she like makes this really intense eye contact, which is kind of funny because if you're a stranger and you try and make eye contact with her, who bad idea. Chester did not make eye contact with us for about a year. Wow. Yeah, it took okay. a long time to get him to make eye oh. contact with us. So Poor little boys. This one stares soulfully into my eyes on a daily basis. <gasps> Ooh, so we're doing, oh, what are we doing next? Oh, I think we're, we're doing, doing Picked for Cover. Yeah, so yeah, I think we're ready to talk about our next genre. We are doing books that were picked pick. for the cover. Oh, is it? Yes. Your genres. My genre. Because yeah. there's a lot of pretty covers out there. This was actually the hardest one because it could be anything, right? Right. I mean. Well, Chris was like, you're really, we're going to read a book based on the cover. And I was yeah. Like, yeah, and he's People like, do, do you it think all that's a good idea, and I was like, probably not, but we'll give it a shot. Just because I'm so picky <laughs> about books, he was like, right. doubting the ability of my skills. <laughs> yeah. For people, but people pick books for the covers all the time. It's true. So I, I wanted to do Cersei, but you had already read Cersei. I would have read it again. Oh. Anyways, so we are going to start with Curie's book, which actually doesn't come out till April. 
But I guess Ooh, by the time this comes be, out, it'll be May or June. May or June. Yeah. I don't know the math. <laughs> Called The Binding. By Bridget Collins. So it has a pretty cover. It does have a pretty cover. <laughs> You'll get to see it <laughs> eventually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then mine is The Hazelwood, which is a YA fantasy pick. Hmm. Yeah. But that is it for, I think, today. Yep. Moving on. Moving on up to the east side. Yep. All right. Well, have a good one. Bye. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter. 